Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, President Trump in Wisconsin expressing support for law enforcement. But what he's saying tonight that's raising questions. The president, greeted by both supporters and protesters, visits damage in Kenosha. A trip meant to underscore his re-election message of law and order is overshadowed by comparing the officer who shot Jacob Blake seven times in the back to a golfer choking on a putt. They choke, just like in a golf tournament. Also tonight, what's behind the headlines about the president's health? Why did his White House physician put out a statement saying President Trump did not experience a stroke of any kind or a heart emergency? Breaking news, Army shakeup months after the brutal murder of Specialist Vanessa Guillen. Why the Army is now investigating Fort Hood's commanding general. Caught red-handed, Facebook shuts down multiple accounts linked to Russians trying to interfere in the election. Tonight, the story of these two girls using the Wi-Fi at a local Taco Bell in order to log on for their remote classes, the outpouring of support, and how many other kids in America lack the tools to learn online. Vaccine priority list. Tonight, we're learning who should be first in line once a vaccine is approved. Plus news tonight about those face shields, the video that shows why they may be more comfortable than effective. Welcome to the bubble. NBA players are reunited with their families after weeks of quarantine. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with that controversial visit by the president to Kenosha, Wisconsin, that has been the scene of unrest since a police shooting over a week ago and then the killing of two protesters. President Trump on the ground today, touring sites damaged by bouts of violence following the police shooting of Jacob Blake. The president did not meet with his family today. Instead, the president today pledging financial support to law enforcement, describing police violence as just the work of a few bad apples. Wisconsin was by no means the only focus for the president today. He directed his physician to put out a statement denying that Mr. Trump had a stroke or a cardiac event when he made an unannounced visit to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in November of last year. His physician did not say why the president visited the hospital. But there are lingering questions about why Vice President Mike Pence was put on standby. So we'll have more on that in just a moment. Now, all this happening while health officials tonight are issuing a stark warning about the coronavirus. Admiral Brett Girard, the COVID testing czar, saying this Labor Day weekend will be key to containing the virus and making sure that there isn't another spike. There's a lot of news to cover tonight. We've got two reporters in Kenosha to give us a full picture from the ground. CBS's Paula Reed is going to lead off our coverage. Good evening, Paula. Good evening, Nora. President Trump visited here today over objections from local leaders in an effort to draw attention to destruction from recent protests. But while he was in a meeting with local law enforcement officials today, he refused to answer a question about systemic racism in policing, the issue at the heart of much of the unrest here in Kenosha. President Trump arrived in the embattled part of this city under heavy security. Accompanied by Attorney General Bill Barr and Homeland Security Chief Chad Wolf, they toured burned businesses and thanked local law enforcement leaders who helped quell the unrest. You have done a fantastic job. But Mr. Trump made no mention of the police shooting of Jacob Blake that prompted much of the violence, and he did not meet with the Blake family during today's visit. The president is under fire tonight for comparing excessive force by police to choking on the golf course. But they choke, just like in a golf tournament. They miss a three-foot... Mr. Trump has consistently tried to tie Joe Biden to the violence in U.S. cities. Kenosha has been ravaged by anti-police and anti-American riots. Last night, he touted a strange and baseless claim that Biden was being controlled by the people in the streets. People that you've never heard of, people that are in the dark shadows, people that... What does that mean? That sounds like conspiracy theory, dark shadows. No, people that you haven't heard of. They're, They're people that are... On the streets, there are people that are controlling the streets. Biden, who is expected to announce a record campaign fundraising haul of over $300 million in the month of August, has accused the president of inciting violence rather than working to stop it. Fires are burning and we have a president who fans the flames rather than fighting the flames. But we must not burn. We have to build. Meanwhile, a new book on the president is raising questions about his health. It claims that Vice President Pence was told to stand by in case Mr. Trump was incapacitated during an unscheduled visit to Walter Reed Hospital last November. The president tweeted today that the idea that he suffered a series of mini strokes was fake news. But the author never mentions mini strokes in the book. The controversy forced the president's personal physician to release a statement saying he has not been evaluated for a stroke and remains healthy. Paula Reed, CBS News, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Donald Trump, four more years! 
I'm Mola Lange, also in Kenosha, where tonight some local Trump supporters hope the president's visit will help the town heal. A lot of people lost a lot of things. We just need to stop being divided by our differences. We support God, we support Trump, and we're praying for our country. While police and National Guard members monitored what were at times heated but mostly peaceful protests in Kenosha, today President Trump also addressed unrest in Portland, where overnight protesters clashed with police. The president saying this about Aaron Danielson, the victim of Saturday night's fatal shooting. He was targeted. They targeted him. They shot him in the street, and then they were so happy that he died. During the president's visit to Kenosha, we need a president that's going to unite our country and take us in a different direction. A counter rally with Jacob Blake's family offered resources often lacking in the African-American community, like voter registration and COVID-19 testing. Justin Blake is Jacob's uncle. How's Jacob doing? Man, he's hanging in there, bro. His uh, disposition and his just outgoingness is starting to return a little bit. Personality? Yeah, his personality is starting to light up the hospital. Everybody's seeing who little Jake really is. Jesse Franklin lives in the neighborhood where Blake was shot. He says before last Sunday, he never protested a day in his life. Now, his grassroots group, Black Lives Activists of Kenosha, is leading a local movement. Woke me up is that it happened right across the street from my home. I have kids. That man, kids, was in that car. That could have been me, and that's why it touched him, and that's why I felt the need to step up and have a voice. Well, the president left Kenosha a few hours ago, but as you can see, still a few dozen demonstrators out here in front of the courthouse. Meanwhile, the Department of Justice here in Wisconsin continues to investigate the Jacob Blake shooting. We learned today they've reviewed 28 videos relating to the shooting, including the two that have gone viral online. You'll remember police here in the city of Kenosha do not wear body cameras, Nora. Mololangi tonight, thank you. We've got breaking news tonight from the U.S. Army announcing a big shakeup and an investigation at Fort Hood in Texas after at least 12 soldiers have been found dead since March. And Specialist Vanessa Guillen was found brutally murdered. We get more now from CBS's Maria Villarreal. Fort Hood senior officer Major General Scott F. Lanbean pushed aside comes as several high-level investigations are underway. Since March, at least 10 soldiers have been found dead, including Vanessa Guillen, who was murdered in April. Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy announced the base investigations last month. We're going to put every resource and all of the energy we can to this entire institution behind fixing these problems. FLAN was set to move to Fort Bliss for a promotion, but that coveted assignment as division commander has been taken away from him, and a new general will be placed in charge at Fort Hood. During the Guillen's meeting with President Trump in July, they asked for an independent investigation. Why was it so important for the FBI to take over this investigation? Mostly because CID, um, we lost trust with them since, you know, a couple of days after the investigation. I just felt that, you know, that they weren't capable of doing the investigation. The Army has said as soon as they finish up their investigations, they will be releasing their findings to Congress and the public. We've also been able to confirm the new commander should be on base in the next few weeks. Nora? So many questions about what's been happening at Fort Hood. Thank you.
Today, Facebook said it removed a network of fake accounts tied to Russian efforts to inflame political tensions right here in the U.S. One site that was taken down called Peace Data has connections to the Internet Research Agency. That is the notorious troll farm charged with trying to interfere in the 2016 presidential campaign. Facebook says it acted after getting a tip from the FBI. We've got more now on that warning from the nation's top health officials. They say a safe Labor Day weekend will be key to containing the spread of COVID this fall. Previously, cases surged following Memorial Day and the 4th of July. And tonight, reopening schools remains a major issue nationwide. Here's CBS's Meg Oliver. Today, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio struck a deal with the teachers union, delaying in-person learning for 11 days to better prepare buildings. It will be rigorous. We're going to be looking constantly for any signs of a challenge we have to address. Education will be in flux until there's a vaccine. Today, a first look at how one might be distributed. A National Association of Scientists proposed a four-phase plan that starts with healthcare workers and first responders. Meantime, hotspots continue to emerge. Iowa is in the grip of coronavirus. On average, nearly 20% of tests are positive. As schools struggle to return in person in Salinas, California, a snapshot of the digital divide of students left behind by COVID. Two little girls doing their schoolwork outside of Taco Bell so they can get access to Wi-Fi. After it went viral, strangers came to their rescue, raising more than $100,000 to help them and their mother, who are homeless. Will every student have a device before you start all remote next week? Well, they're still arriving by truck daily. Few places know the digital divide more than Cleveland. Last spring, 40% of families didn't have access to high-speed Internet and two-thirds didn't have a device to connect. Superintendent Eric Gordon has been working all summer to put a device in every student's hand. That's an $18 million investment that we did not plan for but had to happen. But we're also working on a long-term permanent solution to make Internet a utility and not a luxury. Because I don't plan to be the superintendent that goes door-to-door collecting hotspots back once COVID's over and saying we're unplugging you again. We have to solve this problem permanently. And some good news tonight about the effectiveness of vaccines. In a new study in the New England Journal of Medicine, it shows that the antibodies people used to help bite the virus lasted at least four months, which will be key to helping schools here in New York and across the country reopen full time. Nora. On the top of every parent's list, what's going on in schools. Thank you, Meg. And we turn now to Europe, where schools are reopening while on the verge of a second coronavirus wave. With a dramatic surge of infections but fewer deaths, countries are taking new measures to try and stop the spread. We get more now from CBS's Charlie Daggett. By the tens of millions, kids came back to school equipped with more than just a new pencil case. Face masks mandatory in France from the sixth grade up. In Spain, even toddlers with students required to wash their hands five times a day. Hardest hit Spain has seen a huge spike in new cases, 57,000 in the past week, even outpacing the United States. It follows the decision to reopen resorts. Despite the risks, tourism had fallen by 75 percent, a loss of tens of billions of dollars. France up too, hinting at another nationwide lockdown. A European surge stretching to Russia, which today surpassed one million cases. 
One place the lockdown was lifted long ago, Wuhan, China, where there have been no cases for several weeks. First day back for school kids there, too. All ready for a fresh start. Although there has been this surge here in Europe, it hasn't been nearly as deadly, partly because more young people are testing positive and those who are more vulnerable are getting better treatment. Nora? Charlie, thank you so much. In New York City tonight, hundreds of EMTs and paramedics who were on the front line of the COVID crisis may soon be headed to the unemployment line. The economic fallout from the pandemic could cost them their jobs, but they say it could cost some New Yorkers their lives if there's another COVID flare-up. Here's CBS's Nikki Batiste. Possible COVID and uh, N95 masks. They are the first line of defense. I'm Donnie Kipi, possible COVID. 3,700 paramedics and EMTs responding to more than 7,000 911 calls a day at the height of the pandemic. It's pretty much like battlefields triage. Paramedic Megan Pfeiffer kept this video diary for us of her life in the trenches when calls were coming every 15 seconds. Right now, it's patient after patient that's really sick, and a lot of them are getting intubated as soon as they walk through those ER doors. We're taking them in there to die. But you go available, boom, another call. Go available again, boom, another call. Rookie EMT Sheena Williams' $35,000 job is now in jeopardy after New York City lost $9 billion in tax revenue since COVID-19 struck. EMTs are the lowest paid first responders, with their salary capping out at less than half what a firefighter could make while responding to 10 times the number of calls. What will your life look like financially, emotionally, without a job? Financially, broke. I think our viewers will say, wait a second, of all jobs to cut, how could it possibly be the most front of the frontline workers? Right, which which is ridiculous because if we think about it, New York is on our backs. You call 911 and who shows up first? EMTs do. We were everybody's heroes and now it's kind of, all right, forgotten about. Megan says if hundreds of their jobs are cut, the consequences could be dire. We still don't know enough about this virus, so there is the potential for another wave to come through. And if there's hundreds of EMS workers let go, there's a good chance that a lot of people couldn't die. In a statement to CBS News, Bill de Blasio's office says he does not want the layoffs to happen and blames Washington for a shortage of funds, telling CBS these potential layoffs are, quote, a direct result of not having a federal stimulus. Nora? Seems so cruel for so many of those people. Nikki Batiste, thank you. Tonight, some new research shows how face shields may not provide the best protection against spreading COVID. Scientists use lasers to illuminate the path of coughs, showing how clouds of particles can escape from behind a face shield. Health officials say cloth masks are best. Tonight, the FBI is investigating a mysterious rocket man sighting near LAX airport. That's our American 1997. We just passed a guy in a jetpack. An American Airlines crew reported seeing a man Sunday evening apparently flying a jetpack at about 3,000 feet. As one pilot said over the radio, only in L.A. For some NBA players, life in the bubble now feels a little more like home. Two overjoyed toddlers were reunited with their dad, Toronto Raptor star Fred Van Fleet. After more than two months apart, the league is now allowing families inside its quarantine bubble so Van Fleet's kids can get to stay the rest of the playoffs.
Nice to have family back together. Now a few words about a silent film, a rare gem thought to be lost forever, is found. Here's CBS's Adriana Diaz. Olivia Babbler's painstaking work preserving films at the Chicago Film Archives is usually routine. That's a film. But sometimes, lightning strikes. She uncovered this 1923 Midwestern murder mystery, The First Degree. There's a villain with a great mustache and there's a great dog. When during the pandemic, she finally had time for long-neglected reels that had come from a basement in Peoria, Illinois. It was thought to be lost forever, like 75% of other silent films. In the film world, this is a pretty big deal. There's a lot of folklore about lost films. There's something, can I say sexy? Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty sexy to find something like this. Most silent films have succumbed to decay or were destroyed by their own studios, says filmmaker and film historian Jim Hemphill. These things were disposable to them. They didn't understand the movie's value as cultural artifacts. They're not just about what they're about. They are reflections of their time. Which means they were often censored. Perhaps why this copy is missing a title screen that had justified murder, which was criticized in early reviews. Finding this film makes me wonder what archives would find if they had the resources and the time and the money that they need and that they deserve. Before these time capsules are lost forever. Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Chicago. They always say silence is golden. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, restaurants teaming up to help their city get through the pandemic. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell here in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Have a good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast, was like a form of employment. Yeah. I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.